0: part six section three of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bielby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part six section three now you know my kind sir what is the matter with my good old father said the youth softly and gently a cruel destiny has stripped off all the blossoms of his life and for several years past he has been insensible to the art for which he once lived he spends days and days sitting in front of a piece of outstretched primed canvas with his eyes fixed upon it in a stare that he calls painting into what an overwrought condition the description of such a picture brings him you have just seen for yourself besides this he is haunted by another unhappy thought which makes my life to be a sad and agitated one but i regard it as a fatality by which i am swept along in the same stream that has caught him you would like something to help you to recover from this extraordinary scene please follow me then into the adjoining room where you will find several pictures of my father's early days when he was still a productive artist and great was traugott's astonishment to find a row of pictures apparently painted by the most illustrious masters of the Netherlands school for the most part they represented scenes taken from real life for example a company returning from hunting another amusing themselves with singing and playing and such-like subjects they bore evidences of great thought and particularly the expression of the heads which were realised with especially vigorous lifelike power just as traugott was about to return into the former room he noticed another picture close beside the door, which held him fascinated to the spot. It was a remarkably pretty maiden dressed in old German style, but her face was exactly like the youth's, only fuller and with a little more colour in it, and she seemed to be somewhat taller, too. A tremor of nameless delight ran through Traugott at the sight of this beautiful girl. In strength and vitality the picture was quite equal to anything by Van Dyck the dark eyes were looking down upon traugott or the soft yearning look whilst her sweet lips appeared to be half opened ready to whisper loving words oh heaven good heaven sighed traugott with a sigh that came from the very bottom of his heart where oh where can i find her let us go said the youth then traugott cried in a sort of rapturous frenzy oh it is indeed she the beloved of my soul whom i have so long carried about in my heart but whom i only knew in vague stirrings of emotion where oh where is she the tears started from young berklinger's eyes he appeared to be shaken by a convulsive and sudden attack of pain and to control himself with difficulty come along he at length said in a firm voice that is a portrait of my unhappy sister felicia she has gone for ever you will never see her like one in a dream traugott suffered himself to be led into the other room the old man was still sleeping but all at once he started up and staring at traugott with eyes flashing with anger he cried what do you want what do you want sir then the youth stepped forward and reminded him that he had just been showing his new picture to traugott had he forgotten at this berklinger appeared to recollect all that had passed it was evident that he was much affected and he replied in an undertone pardon an old man's forgetfulness my good sir your new piece is an admirable and excellent work master berklinger Traugott proceeded i have never seen anything equal to it i am sure it must cost a great deal of study and an immense amount of labour before a man can advance so far as to turn out a work like that i discern that i have an inextinguishable propensity for art and i earnestly entreat you my good old master to accept me as your pupil you will find me industrious the old man grew quite cheerful and amiable and embracing traugott he promised that he would be a faithful master to him thus it came to pass that Traugot visited the old painter every day that came and made very rapid progress in his studies he now conceived an unconquerable disgust of business and was so careless that herr elias ross had to speak out and openly find fault with him and finally he was very glad when traugott kept away from the office altogether on the pretext that he was suffering from a lingering illness for this same reason the wedding to christina's no little annoyance was indefinitely postponed your herr traugott seems to be suffering from some secret trouble said one of herr elias ross's merchant friends to him one day perhaps it's the balance of some old love affair that he's anxious to settle before the wedding-day he looks very pale and distracted and why shouldn't he then rejoined herr elias i wonder now he continued after a pause i wonder now if that little rogue christina has been having words with him my bookkeeper the love-smitten old ass he is always kissing and squeezing her hand traugott's devilishly in love with my little girl i know can there be any jealousy well i'll sound my young gentleman but however carefully he sounded he could find no satisfactory bottom and he said to his merchant friend that traugott is a most peculiar fellow well i must just let him go his own way though if he had not fifty thousand dollars in my business i know what i should do since now he never does a stroke of anything traugott absorbed in art would now have led a real bright sunshiny life had his heart not been torn with passionate love for the beautiful felicia whom he often saw in wonderful dreams the picture had disappeared the old man had taken it away and traugott durst not ask him about it without risk of seriously offending him on the whole old berklinger continued to grow more confidential and instead of taking any honorarium for his instruction he permitted traugott to help out his narrow housekeeping in many ways from young berklinger traugott learned that the old man had been obviously taken in in the sale of a little cabinet and that the stock which traugott had realised for them was all that they had left of the price received for it as well as all the money they possessed but it was only seldom that traugott was allowed to have any confidential conversation with the youth the old man watched over him with the most singular jealousy and at once scolded him sharply if he began to converse freely and cheerfully with their friend This Traugott felt all the more painfully, since he had conceived a deep and heartfelt affection for the youth, owing to his striking likeness to Felicia. Indeed, he often fancied, when he stood near the young man, that he was standing beside the picture he loved so much, now alive and breathing, and that he could feel her soft breath on his cheek and then he would like to have drawn the youth as if he really were his darling felicia herself to his swelling heart winter was past beautiful spring was filling the woods and fields with brightness and blossoms herr elias roos advised traugott either to drink whey for his health's sake or to go somewhere to take the baths fair christina was again looking forward with joy to the wedding although traugott seldom showed himself and thought still less of his relations with her once traugott was confined to the office the whole day long making a requisite squaring up of his accounts etc he had been obliged to neglect his meals and it was beginning to get very dark when he reached berklinger's remote dwelling he found nobody in the first room but from the one adjoining he heard the music of a lute he had never heard the instrument there before he listened a song from time to time interrupted accompanied the music like a low soft sigh he opened the door oh heaven with her back towards him sat a female figure dressed in old german style with a high lace ruff exactly like the picture at the noise which traugott unavoidably made on entering the figure rose laid the lute on the table and turned round it was she felicia herself felicia cried traugott enraptured and he was about to throw himself at the feet of his beloved divinity when he felt a powerful hand laid upon his collar behind and himself dragged out of the room by someone with the strength of a giant you abandoned wretch you incomparable villain screamed old berklinger pushing him on before him so that was your love for art do you mean to murder me and therewith he hurled him out at the door whilst a knife glittered in his hand traugat flew downstairs and hurried back home stupefied nay half crazy with mingled delight and terror he tossed restlessly on his couch unable to sleep felicia felicia he exclaimed time after time distracted with pain and the pangs of love you are there you are there and i may not see you may not clasp you in my arms you love me oh yes that i know from the pain which pierces my breast so savagely i feel that you love me the morning sun shone brightly into traugott's chamber then he got up and determined let the cost be what it might that he would solve the mystery of berklinger's house he hurried off to the old man's but his feelings may not be described when he saw all the windows wide open and the maidservants busy sweeping out the rooms he was struck with a presentiment of what had happened berklinger had left the house late on the night before along with his son and was gone nobody knew where a carriage drawn by two horses had fetched away the box of paintings and the two little trunks which contained all berklinger's scanty property he and his son had followed half an hour later all inquiries as to where they had gone remained fruitless no livery-stable keeper had let out horses and carriage to persons such as traugott described and even at the town gates he could learn nothing for certain in short berklinger had disappeared as if he had flown away on the mantle of mephistopheles traugott went back home prostrated by despair she is gone she is gone the beloved of my soul all all is lost thus he cried as he rushed past herr elias ross for he happened to be just at that moment in the entrance hall towards his own room god bless my soul cried herr elias pulling and tugging at his wig christina christina he shouted till the whole house echoed christina you disgraceful girl my good-for-nothing daughter the clerks and others in the office rushed out with terrified faces the bookkeeper asked amazed but herr Rose, herr Rose, however continued to scream without stopping christina christina at this point miss christina stepped in through the house door and raising her broad-brimmed straw hat just a little and smiling asked what her good father was bawling in this outrageous way for i strictly beg you will let such unnecessary running away alone herr elias began to storm at her my son-in-law is a melancholy fellow and as jealous as a turk you'd better stay quietly at home or else there'll be some mischief done my partner is in there screaming and crying about his betrothed because she will gad about so christina looked at the bookkeeper astounded but he gave a significant glance in the direction of the cupboard in the office where herr roos was in the habit of keeping his cinnamon water you'd better go in and console your betrothed he said as he strode away christina went up to her own room only to make a slight change in her dress and give out the clean linen and discuss with the cook what would have to be done about the sunday roast joint and at the same time pick up a few items of town gossip then she would go at once and see what really was the matter with her betrothed you know kindly reader that we all of us when in traugott's case have to go through our appointed stages we can't help ourselves despair is succeeded by a dull dazed sort of moody reverie in which the crisis is wont to occur and this then passes over into a milder pain in which nature is able to apply her remedies with effect it was in this stage of sad but beneficial pain that some days later traugott again sat on the Karlsberg, gazing out as before upon the sea waves and the grey misty clouds which had gathered over hella but he was not seeking as before to discover the destiny reserved for him in days to come no for all that he had hoped for all that he had dimly dreamt of had vanished oh said he my call to art was a bitter bitter deception felicia was the phantom who deluded me into the belief in that which never had any other existence but in the insane fancy of a fever-stricken mind it's all over i will give it all up and go back into my dungeon i have made up my mind i will go back Traugott again went back to his work in the office whilst the wedding-day with christina was once more fixed on the day before the wedding was to come off traugott was standing in arthur's hall looking not without a good deal of heartrending sadness at the fateful figures of the old burgomaster and his page when his eye fell upon the broker to whom berklinger was trying to sell his stock without pausing to think almost mechanically in fact he walked up to him and asked did you happen to know the strikingly curious old man with the black curly beard who some time ago frequently used to be seen here along with a handsome youth why to be sure i did answered the broker that was the crack-brained old painter gottfried berklinger then don't you know where he has gone to and where he is now living asked traugott again ay that i do replied the broker he has now for a long time been living quietly at sorrento along with his daughter with his daughter felicia asked hraugott so vehemently and so loudly that everybody turned round to look at him why yes went on the broker calmly that was you know the pretty youth who always followed the old man about everywhere half dantzig knew that he was a girl notwithstanding that the crazy old fellow thought there was not a single soul could guess it it had been prophesied to him that if his daughter were ever to get married he would die a shameful death and accordingly he determined never to let anybody know anything about her and so he passed her off everywhere as his son Traugott stood still like a statue then he ran off through the streets away out of the town gates into the open country into the woods loudly lamenting oh miserable wretch that i am it was she she herself i have sat beside her scores and hundreds of times have breathed her breath pressed her delicate hands looked into her beautiful eyes heard her sweet words and now i have lost her no not lost i will follow her into the land of art i acknowledge the finger of destiny away away to sorrento he hurried back home herr elias rose got in his way tragot laid hold of him and carried him along with him into the room i shall never marry christina never he screamed she looks like voluptas and luxuries and her hair is like that of ira in the picture in arthur's hall oh felicia felicia my beautiful darling why do you stretch out your arms so longingly towards me i am coming i am coming and now let me tell you herr elias he continued again laying hold of the pale merchant you will never see me in your damned office again what do i care for your cursed ledgers and day-books i am a painter ay and a good painter too herklinger is my master my father my all and you are nothing nothing at all and therewith he gave herr elias a good shaking herr elias however began to shout at the top of his voice help help come here folks help my son-in-law's gone mad my partner's in a raging fit help help everybody came running out of the office traugott had released his hold upon elias and now sank down exhausted in a chair they all gathered round him but when he suddenly leapt to his feet and cried with a wild look what do you all want they all hurried off out of the room in a string herr elias in the middle soon afterwards there was a rustling of a silk dress and a voice asked have you really gone crazed my dear herr traugott or are you only jesting it was christina i am not the least bit crazed my angel replied nor is it one whit truer that i am jesting pray compose yourself my dear but our wedding won't come off to-morrow i shall never marry you neither to-morrow nor at any other time there is not the least need of it said christina very calmly i have not been particularly pleased with you for some time and someone i know will value it far differently if he may only lead home as his bride the rich and pretty miss christina arroz adieu therewith she rustled off she means the bookkeeper thought traugott as soon as he had calmed down somewhat he went to herr elias and explained to him in convincing terms that he need not expect to have him either as his son-in-law or as his partner in the business herr elias reconciled himself to the inevitable and repeated with downright honest joy in the office again and again that he thanked god to have got rid of that crazy-headed traugott Even after the latter was a long long way distant from dantzig. End of part six, section three, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.